Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Orange Crest Community Church. My name is Bruce, and I'm on staff here as one of the associate pastors. And welcome to summer. This is the first Sunday in June. And, well, technically, summer is not till June 20th, I think, but it kind of feels like summer. We're getting the heat. The heat's starting to roll in. Things are wrapping up. Some of our small groups here have wrapped up this past week. Uh, I have, we have some students in our, our high school ministry that are graduating this week, which is really exciting. There, there's, a, there's a few of that. In fact, my normal job here at Orange Crest Community Church is I oversee, or at least part of it, is to oversee our, our student ministry, junior high and high school students. So I'm excited for, for those that are graduating. In fact, there's even a graduation later this afternoon for, for some, uh, some of us in, at this church that are in the Antioch Project training program. And so it feels like summer. It feels like we're kind of turning a corner here. We're heading into the... The time where things are getting hot and you're looking for some vacation, you may have some vacations planned. It's been a real busy year for my family and I over these past few months, and I'm really excited about some family vacation that we have planned. Uh, we, we have about a week planned out later this month, and I found this place up on northern, the coast of Northern California. There's this really neat ministry called Hospitality Homes, and it, there's this ministry that's designed to uh, provide vacation opportunities for pastors in the Southern Baptist Convention. And uh, really, basically, people open up their homes or their guest houses or their cottages for pastors to use and their families at a really, really discounted rate. Pretty much just you pay for like a basic maintenance fee. And so we, we found one of those up in Northern California, and we've been really excited about that. It's been, you know, it's been a bit of a long haul. This past spring and the fall has been really busy. And so getting some quality time with the family and the kids is something we've been really looking forward to. It just, you know, like just get to the summer, get to where we can vacation, we can, we can take a break. And I, in fact, I've been telling people, I was like, everybody, I'm like, you know, we're going to Northern California. I'm excited for this break. I'm excited to get some vacation. We're going to, you know, we got, we're going to pack up the van and road trip it with our, you know, our three little kids and, and however long it takes, we'll get there. And so we, we were planning this. And then a few weeks ago, I got a phone call and that vacation home is no longer available to rent. And they, so they, you know, I made the reservations and I booked the deposit and everything, but they, they canceled it. There was, there was a problem with that property. And, uh, so I was like, okay, well, maybe there's another, you know, cottage or home available in, in this program. And there are, but they were all booked already. And so that was, that was kind of a bummer. It was pretty disappointing. You know, we, we were really looking forward to this. And then, to make it worse, I didn't think we were going to drive the whole way in one shot. So I, I booked, like, a hotel in the middle of California through Hotwire, and you can't get any refunds or exchanges. And so now I got this reservation in the middle of California, or a place I'm not, you know, intending to go necessarily. And I was, we were really disappointed. I have to admit, we were, we were really hanging our hopes on this vacation to really be what we needed for refreshment. And I was thinking through this, you know, for some reason, God didn't seem to want us to go there for that vacation. And I was thinking, no matter how good of a job I do at planning things out in my future, I can't control everything that comes down. I can't, I can't be totally in control of, of my plan. You know, and I'm actually a pretty good planner. I, I like to organize things. I got a really complicated Google calendar thing worked out. I've got, you know, I, I budgeted for it. So I'm, I got it figured out. But then despite how good I am at planning, it's, I, I can't, I can't predict the future and I can't control things. Even my, it feels like my own life I can't even control. And so, uh, this was just a, this situation was a reminder to me of that. And the good news though, so just this week, someone just gave us another opportunity for a, a vacation to Morro Bay. So we're, so we're back online with a vacation. So you don't have to worry about that. So we're, we're looking forward to that. But I, I bet you may have experienced a tension similar to this. You know, we, we, we all experience this tension of, you know, we make plans. 
but we don't have complete control over them. You know, you, you, you chart things out, you look at your calendar, your budget, but you don't totally know what the future has in store. And so sometimes we get so focused on what we've planned and what's coming in the future, sometimes we loosen our grip on our present responsibilities. You know, we, we get so excited about, I just can't wait to graduate. You know, I, I'm so ready to, I'm already graduated in my mind. Yeah, but you still got some papers you got to finish first. So I get so excited for this, this vacation or, or whatever, I, you know, this new job or relationship. I, I'm so excited. Sometimes we, we kind of lose our grip on what's right in front of us. And so... Uh, you know, that time that I spent kind of researching the, the town in Northern California, preparing for that vacation, all that time's wasted now because, <laughs> you know, things have changed. And so, you know, we, we, we live in this tension where we need to plan. You, you do need to plan. You need to look ahead. You need to put some focus into your future. You know, you got to think if you have some vacation time from your job, how are you going to use it? Or if you get some discretionary money or if you have a certain amount in your budget each month that, that's uh, unallocated, you know, how are you going to use that money? You got to plan for that. Or next year, where are you going to put your kids in school? You, get, you want to plan that out and make a careful decision? Or when are you going to have kids? And you maybe don't have kids yet. Or when are you going to carve out the time to get that project done at home? You've got to plan for that, too. You've got you to look ahead and make these plans, but you can't always control the outcome. You, you know, how good of a plan... You may be a more or less of a planner. And so over the past few weeks, we've been using this series, TikTok, to look at different aspects of, of time and, in particular, some, some significant figures in the Bible that really give us an, a, a clue on on how to make the best use of our time. And so three weeks ago, our senior pastor, Josh De La Rosa, he, he's, he launched us in this series. And this morning, he's, he's not here. He's actually at his dad's church. His dad is a pastor as well, out in El Monte, the L.A. area. And uh, his dad's retiring at, today at, from, from a long career in the ministry. And so Josh is there to um, encourage and, and be a, a key part of the service there. So uh, I'm here this morning. I'm really excited for the opportunity to be with you here. And like I said, normally my, my, I'm with the, the junior high and high school students in our, in our student ministry. But in this series, TikTok, you know, these past few weeks, we've been looking at examples of people that have made the most of their time in the scriptures. And so this morning, we're going to be looking at James. And, and James was, if you know anything about him, he's the half-brother of Jesus. You know, they had, they had the same mom. And so partly because of that and partly because of the way God inspired him, he has some incredibly valuable perspectives on life, on time, and he wrote this letter that is, is immensely useful to us. And James, the interesting thing about him is that he lived in a time when even the length of one's own life wasn't a given. It was maybe in question, in fact, because James, he saw Jesus die when he was crucified. James also saw other people martyred for their faith in Jesus. And so, you know, James, perhaps more than anybody, knew that tomorrow is not guaranteed to anyone. You know, we, we, don't, we don't have any guarantees. With, with so much persecution that was facing the early church and the Christians that were, were getting Christianity off the ground in the first century, they had to learn to live in the present and make most of the opportunities they had. Their life could be taken at any time. So, so talk about living with an open hand. Talk about making plans and, and being open-handed about it. I, I'm not sure how much long-range planning James and, and, the, and the early apostles did. I don't, I don't know how far out they, they put their calendars. I mean, for, for us today, you've got to get pretty far out. I mean, if you want to get a good camping spot at the beach in the middle of the summer, you've got to log on to Reserve America like six months ahead, maybe a year ahead, and get, you know, get things charted out, get your dates blocked out. But for James and the others that, that started in the early church, uh, I'm not sure how much long-range planning they did. I, I would imagine they did some. But they certainly lived with the understanding that their plans could get disrupt, disrupted at any time. 
And so let's look at the perspective we find in James. We're going to start in James chapter 4, verse 13. And so he says, Come now, you who say today or tomorrow we'll go into such and such a town, we'll spend a year there and we'll trade, we'll make a profit. He kind of starts talking about this hypothetical situation, or, or maybe person, he may have actually been talking to some business owners uh, in the Jewish community, and they basically say, we, we got our plans, we got things kind of figured out, you know, I, I'm projecting I'm going to be making this amount of money, and we're going to open up a business here, and they're just, they're very forward thinking, and one of the reasons that James may have started with this is, he's addressing the challenge, and really challenging, the pull that the future has on us. You know, sometimes the, the future is pulling on us and it causes us to check out of the present. So, you know, for us, the way this looks today, sometimes you feel a pull from the future uh, based on your plans. Maybe you're, you're planning a, a job change and you, you're kind of in between or you're, you're about to move to another city or, or maybe you're planning to ch- move houses. You're in, you're in the middle of buying or selling or, or whatever the next thing is in your life that you're planning that, that kind of pulls us into the future. Or maybe it's not an actual plan yet, but it's a hope. Maybe you're hoping for a relationship and, and that you're, you're very eager and very focused on, on finding someone, getting married. Or maybe that you're so eager to have a child or have your next child and, and you're, you're hoping in the future that this happens or this works out or you're hoping to grow your career in a certain way. For college students, the, the pull for the future can be very strong. College students, you know, being young, you're, you're, of course you're looking forward. You're looking out in, into what's coming. But sometimes that pull in the future prevents you from really digging in deep and, and folks putting your roots deep where you're at in the moment because it's just drawing us forward and we're checking out from the present. And so for many of us, you know, regardless of the life stage, this can be a time waster for us. It can be a life waster if we're, if we're living for the future and neglecting the present. So let's look back at this chapter. At verse 16, it goes on to say, As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is eagle, uh, evil. And so, you know, he's saying, you know, all these, these grandiose plans of we're going to go into this town, we're going to set up shop, we're going to make all this money, and, and they're boasting about this. And he's like, don't, don't boast about that stuff. Don't boast about your future, about your great plans. Don't boast about how much money you have or you're planning to make or how well you think your money is going to perform or how big your bank account is or, or how much time, this, this time that you have available or, or when you think things are going to line up or the people that you're working with or, or whatever it is. Don't, don't boast about those things. Another way this comes out for us, maybe... Maybe you're not one just to verbally boast and say, like, look at me and my great plans. But another way this comes out for us is just a sense of security that we get from our plans and from the things that we have in the future. Because, you know, you may be feeling you're, you're saving up to a certain amount and you got so much money and that, that makes you feel, you know, I have to admit, one, one of my, my bank accounts at a certain amount, I feel pretty good. I feel a, a sense of security. Or if you have a plan saying, I just know that vacation's coming and that's making me feel good. So I just, as long as we get there, that's my plan and I, I'm, that's it. That's my security. Or it could be the time. You, 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 I have so much time to get this thing done. And whatever it is, whatever we see in the future, sometimes we get a sense of security out of that. And James says, don't, don't, don't do that. You can't do that. You can't get your sense of security because that stuff is all an illusion. That money that you have in your bank account, it's an illusion. That could go in a second. You, an unexpected crisis, an unexpected bill or a problem or, or something. Some, that, could, that's a, that could go. You can't count on it. God himself is the only security that we can have. And so in, in this passage, he's basically saying the future is not guaranteed. The only thing that we really, really have that we can count on <laughs> is God in, in this present moment. You at least have this moment because you're here now and you know that. But look, at, but look at what he goes on to say in, in verse 14. It says, yet, you know, you, say you're, you, make, you boast about these plans, these, all these things that you're going to be doing. It says, yet you don't know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a time 
and then vanishes. He's saying your life, you, you got all these plans, you're, you're charting it out, but your life is a mess. That's a quick thing. Sometimes I drive up to church here on Sundays, and especially in the wintertime when it's colder out, I'll drive up Alessandro from the plaza area, and there'll be a huge mist over this Mission Grove, Orange Crest area. It kind of looks like this a little bit. Um, this isn't actually, this is a little bit more green than what we typically see around here, but this is kind of what it looks like. And, you, and I drive up, and I'm like, wow, you know, I love the weather, and I, I love, you know, like, ooh, it looks like it might rain, or it might, it's kind of like foreboding, and it's dark, and, and the mist is just, it's all, you can't even see the next traffic light. And so you see this, and you think, wow, that's, that's a big deal. But then in 30 minutes, the mist is gone. You know, it disappears. Like 30 minutes, you're driving, and then the sun's out, there's no clouds in the sky, and you're like, wow, that huge giant mist that was covering everything is totally gone now. And that's what James is saying. You think your life is a long, you think a lifetime is a long time? We tend to think that. You know, if you, if you buy a product or a tool that's guaranteed for a lifetime, you're like, well, that's pretty good. I mean, if it's guaranteed for a lifetime, I can get that. I can count on that. But I think James is saying a lifetime is actually not that long. He wouldn't agree. He wouldn't buy into that advertising scheme, you know, lifetime. And so, one of the ways that I think about this, this idea of our lives being really short, of our, of our lives being like a mist, uh, I tend to I look back in history. I, I love learning about history. Uh, I spend time learning and studying past major events and wars and things like that. And one of the things that I, I've studied recently were the world wars that occurred last century, World War One and World War Two. And one of the things I learned is between those two wars, 77 million people lost their lives. That's a, that's a lot. That's a lot of lives. And I think about what, what was it like for, for one of those men? You know, for one of those guys, you know, they, they had, they grew up somewhere in one of these countries and they had days and weeks and years of their lives and they, they probably, you know, they were involved in some things that probably felt like it was a long time. They, parts of their lives felt like it stretched on for a long time. But 77 million people gone like that, that's, that's mind boggling. That blows me away. I, I think, you know, and of all, of all those men, how many of their names are written in a history book somewhere? You know, there, there's certainly some, but, I think we all wonder, you know, I want, to, I want people to remember me. You know, I think we all have this desire. And a hundred years from now, how many of our names are going to be written in a history book? I don't know. And so James is getting to this point. We need to remember our lives are a mist. It is quick. They're short. And sometimes various parts of your life, they feel like they stretch on for a while. I mean, you're sitting in the doctor's office. You're like, how long is this going to take? You're, you're maybe you're waiting for jury duty. And there's parts of our lives that stretch on. But when you stop and you look at the march of time over the course of the history, in centuries, in the years, you realize we are only here for a moment. And so the thing that I believe James is getting here at, really trying to help us understand, is that I can make future plans, but I cannot control them. I can make future plans, this is on your listening guide, but I cannot control them. And so ultimately, you know, my time, it's really, really short. <laughs> and as short as my time is, as much as I plan, it is not under my control. And, you know, I, I do the best I can to, to chart my way forward. But even the events of my own life, I don't have control over. We simply do not know what the future holds. And so in light of this, verse 15, it tells us, here, here's what you do instead. You know, keep in mind your, your life is short. It's a mist. And here's what you say instead. You ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and we will do this or that. If the Lord wills. I don't know if you've ever heard anybody use this, the phrase, Lord willing. Sometimes this is a helpful phrase to use, you know, you know, I just got, I just had an interview and Lord willing, I'm going to get that job. Or, you know, this time, I, you know, we're meeting at three. Okay. I want to be there on time. Lord willing. That's my goal. Or, or for me, for my vacation, what I should have been saying is, 
Lord willing, we're going to Northern California to enjoy time together. Because it kind of, you know, if you don't do that, you kind of, you, this could be a good habit to get into, this, this idea of Lord willing, because it, otherwise we tend to get a really tight grip on our plans. And if my plans don't work out the way I want, I'm going to be frustrated. I'm going to be maybe even mad at God that, like, come on, why didn't I get this? Why didn't I get that vacation? Why didn't this work out? Why do I have this bill? Like, why did this all fall, fall apart right now? But Lord willing, Lord willing, we will do this or that, and we will live. And so, this passage is really for everyone. You may be a planner like me, or, or you may be kind of more like a winger, <laughs> and you know, and you may not uh, necessarily plan it all out. But this isn't to say you should just be loosey goosey about your plans. You know, maybe you know if you can't, if you don't know the future, we should, why why plan anything? It's not saying that. The, the focus that, that this verse gives us is that when you make your plans, you actually are getting a tight grip on things. But once you've gotten a firm grip on your plans, you go to God and you open up your hands. You say, Lord willing, this is, this is what I want to do. But you, you can take some stuff off of this, or you can, you can put something in, in my plans that I didn't even know about. Lord willing, this is, this is what we're going to do. So this verse, it also helps us remember that the Lord's will really should be the focus the ultimate focus of my time and my plans that I, that I need to be referencing him. You know, I'm charting my way forward, but I need to reference him with what I've got figured out. That we factor God into all of our plans. And that, in fact, that I need to keep growing in my perspective of what the Lord's will is. What, what you know, Lord willing, what is his will? What is his will for me? How does he want me to use my time? How does he want me to use my money and the resources that I have? And so this is, this, the way that we do this is, is by spending time with God every day reading the Bible and praying and, and doing quiet time to understand what His will is. And so this passage is telling us you don't know the future. You don't. And you can't control the events of your own life. And in light of that important truth, James redirects us to the present moment. And so we learn that obeying God means doing the next right thing now. And, and you can follow along in your guide. Obeying God, what it means is to do the next right thing now. So instead of getting caught up and really overly focused on the future and what, what's coming and what's coming next, we have to ask, what are the things that God wants me to do right now in this moment? In fact, look at what it says in verse 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and yet fails to do it, for him it is sin. And so within the present moment, we have the opportunity to do good here and now. And overall, God meets us situation by situation. So as you walk through your day, as you walk through life, whatever situation you're facing, maybe you're having a conversation with your coworker, or you're in a discussion with your wife or your kids, or you're stressed about a bill that's coming up, or you're just doing chores at home, whatever situation you're in, every situation you're in, God meets us there in the here and now, in moment to moment. He doesn't meet us tomorrow. Because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. That's, that's, that's what James is getting at. You know, don't, don't expect, hey, I'll, I'll get this thing figured out with God tomorrow. Or, or I'll, once I get through this job, or once I get through, you know, I save up so much money, or once I, I get the relationship figured out, then I'm going to invest. Or then I'm going to buy up that opportunity. It's not tomorrow. This is, this is a focus on situational living. And, and honestly, very few people live this way. Very few people make the most of each moment. And, and there's opportunities for us to buy up. And so in this verse, you know, the other thing that we see that's very significant in this verse is that delayed obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is still a sin. And this is one of the things that we try to coach, you know, I try to coach my kids and try to help them understand. You know, if I, if I tell my son, I say, all right, son, please get your shoes on now. We're, we're ready to go. And if he says, okay, dad, but he just keeps playing with a toy or he keeps putting that puzzle together, 
I mean, he may have every intention to obey, and he's planning, I'm going to obey, but he's not obeying yet. Well, it's still disobedience now. And this is the way it is for us. You know, yeah, I'm going to obey. I'm going to do it. Well, well he's saying, don't delay. If you know the right thing to do, but you fail to do it. He's saying it's the same. And part of what's involved here is that the, the circumstances that we're in, they can quickly change. And they can prevent us from taking action. Maybe, maybe I'm planning to obey or I'm planning to respond to what God wants me to do, but maybe the circumstances change. Or maybe the resources dry up. And, and I was planning to give to this, but now resources dry up. Something else came along. Or maybe the need itself vanishes. I was going to help out with this one or I was going to serve in a certain way, but now the need is gone. And so this is why we, we cannot delay. We have to do what God wants us to do right now. And so to act today with the time and resources that you have is a huge mark of faith in God, the one who holds the future. So at this time of the service, I want to transition slightly. And I want to look at a very practical application of this passage. And, and so we're going to take a moment to highlight some people that are buying up opportunities in the present right now. And so there's a number of people from our church who will be going out into various parts of the world to do summer missions work. And so if I talk to you before the service, and, and uh, would you come up now make your way forward? I have a number of people coming up that are uh, going on various teams. And if you can... Try to stand with your team roughly. There's, there's actually a number of teams represented here. While they're coming up here, um, there's one thing about going on mission trips in the summer or any time is that there's a number of costs associated with going on missions. Good job, guys. This is great. Everybody's filing in here. So, and I've talked to some of the people going on these trips and some people say, you know, I don't know, like, should I go on that trip? You know, there's, well, first of all, there's money, you've got to pay money. And so some of these trips, especially the international ones, cost a few thousand dollars. And so you either got to pay for that yourself or you've got to raise the support. There's also the time off where you've got to use your vacation time for many. So certainly you have to overcome certain fears and concerns or, or just deal with the stresses and the rigors involved in, with national or international travel. So there's a few teams here, and uh, I wanted to highlight them because of the opportunities that they're buying up. So let me give you a, a brief introduction. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll start. Here, let me grab this. So I'll give you guys a, a brief intro to some of these teams. Let me have you start, Scott. And uh, so why don't you share and where you're going and when you're going and then roughly the purpose of your trip. All right. My name's Scott, and our team is going to Taipei, Taiwan. If you're going, raise your hand. We have about we 13 altogether. So, and we're going to leave June 30th, so in a few weeks, actually, and stay through July 10th. And we're going to be helping a brand-new church plant in East Taipei put on kind of a children's elementary age outreach camp and um, just really trying to help that church uh, make some groundwork into their community. They're kind of a storefront church. And so, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Okay, great. Thanks. That's the Taiwan team. Here's Brian. Where are you guys going? Um, We're uh, headed... uh, Back to New Zealand, actually, where we did ministry work for quite a few years. Uh, this is my wife, Erin, my son, Logan, Landon, and Levi. And so, Lord willing, we've made plans uh, to, <laughs> to head out in uh, July 7th and be there through August 9th. Uh, so we're going to be visiting both uh, the North and South Island. We'll be going to Auckland and Christchurch. Uh, we'll be visiting uh, university campuses there. We'll be sharing our lives and the gospel with students. Okay, great. You can send that to John right there. 
Thanks, Brian. All right. I'm John. It's just me up here right now, but there's 11 of us. I'm leading a team to Chico, California. We don't have to get on a plane. We're going to drive it. But we're partnering with a ministry called Christian Challenge. It's actually at a lot of college campuses around the state and I think nationally. But we're going to partner with them in August. So it's mid, late August when students arrive. So returning students and new students are looking for a place to connect. And so this is a huge opportunity for these ministries uh, to share the gospel to get them connected to a Christian group and, and begin the, the process of growing. So we're going to help them throw events and flyers and probably do pizza and kickball or whatever college <laughs> students do. I'm excited. Uh, great, thanks. Yeah, John mentioned these, there's a lot more people on his team. In fact, there are some people here uh, in first service and then um, there's others that aren't here at all today. Um, so this, is a, this isn't even everybody that, you know, members and attenders of our church that are going out. Um, another team... Yeah, that is going to Chico. If you guys are going to the Chico Building Project, you can raise your hand. These folks here are partnering with our church network. Um, we're part of a network called the 176 Network, a uh, collection of churches from Southern California, Northern California, Texas. And uh, I think the trigger one, there's a convergence of three churches going to help build um, build some additions to this church that's really growing well up there. That's another team. And then I'll be leading a team of our, with our student ministry, junior high and high school students, also to Chico to, to invest in their, with their students. And so we're going to be helping on the building project. If you're going with me, you can raise your hand. Thanks, guys. We, got, we actually have a couple double dippers. Some people going on multiple teams here. So that's, that's pretty awesome. So, you know, oh, and then also we have uh, a number of, of members and attenders of our church that, that go to California Baptist University and are going, uh, they have an extensive missions program there. And if, is anybody here going on CBU? Okay, not, not at the moment. There, there was one earlier, and then actually a bunch of the ISP trips have already launched. And so there's people on the field right now currently. But some of the countries that are going to be visited by some of our members are Africa, Thailand, Czech Republic, Southeast Asia, Japan, and Spain. So this is exciting. You know, all these teams are going to various places around the globe. But one of the things that they all have in common is that there is a need and there's an opportunity right now for all those places that they're going. The countries and the cities that they're going to be visiting and working in, they're going to be meeting a, a very real need. And so they're buying up the opportunity. And, uh, you know, some of the people on these trips have really sorted. Is this something I should do? Or can I pay for this? Or can, I, can I take the time off? Should I invest in that? Should I, should I take a few weeks away from my family? Should, should I do all this? And they're, they're really sorting. Is this something that God wants me to do? And so... Of course, you can't take every opportunity in life, uh, to, you know, especially you know big trips like this. But we just want to encourage those who are stepping out in faith to do this this summer. And it's really exciting to see so many people ready to launch, and this isn't even everyone. So if you would, I'd love to pray for you guys and send you out as you're preparing to go. Some are going very soon. Some are still have a few weeks to prepare. But uh, would you all pray with me uh, for these teams right now? Lord God, thank you so much for uh, assembling these teams and, and getting the leaders prepared and, and trained. And I thank you for the incredible opportunity that uh, we can buy up together as a church through, through the work that's being done here. For those that are preparing to leave, I pray that you would help them to train well and, and sync up as a team. I pray that when they're on the field that they would uh, learn and adopt biblical values that uh, reach in a much deeper level. And so that when they come home, they're, they're, they're walking with you on a much closer level, uh, serving you to a greater degree. And for, for the people that, and the ministries that can be coming in contact with the other countries, Lord, would you prepare the hearts of the people there? Would you uh, make the, the harvest field ripe and ready for people to respond to you? I pray for, that you would just begin drawing people to yourself and that these teams would be used to draw people towards Jesus and making a commitment to him. 
Thank you for, for using us, Lord, and for, for all that you're doing here. And so we thank you for your help and pray for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, you guys, thank you very much. Those of you, especially if you came up uh, this service and last service, I really appreciate you being here to, to, to represent. So you can have your seat, and thank you very much. We can clap for them. We also put a prayer card in your program so that you can continue to pray for these people if you like. Um, that would be very helpful. And also, in addition to prayer, there's an opportunity for us to provide support by giving to these teams. Quite a few of them uh, are still needing to raise a bit of money, especially the ones going on multiple trips. <laughs> and so you'll have the opportunity to give today if you would like. Uh, the funds that we receive today towards missions are going to be you know, 100% directed towards these team members according to need. And so we'll give you a little bit more information about that later, but you can, you can contribute there. But today is a great opportunity. This is a great time to think through how can I obey God today? What can I do to, to respond to what He's speaking to me in this moment? In the moments that I find myself in this week? You know, it's very good to plan ahead. But we can't get so future-oriented that we fail to see the opportunities currently in front of us. And, and the opportunities come in a variety of forms. Of course, there's, there's missions, like we just looked at. That's one opportunity. There's, there's also church involvement. Just, just plugging in and investing at a deeper level at this church. Or, or it could be conferences for training. You know, many of our members go to conferences throughout the year. Or maybe one of the opportunities to buy up right now in the moment is, is parenting. I need to help my kids learn to walk with God and desire that and be shaped by biblical values. And that takes intentional focus. Maybe one of the opportunities is to get financially, maybe you have more resources and you can, you can contribute. Or maybe an opportunity to buy up is a training program. Our church offers training pro- programs to help with spiritual growth and leadership development. And so to help you think through this topic a little bit more and, and understand this passage on a deeper level, here's a few application questions. And these aren't on your program, but if one of them stands out to you, you might write it down. First question is, where am I running from obedience today? Where am I running from obedience today? And, and maybe, maybe there is some good thing that I know I ought to do, like James says in verse 17, but maybe I'm, I'm hesitating or I'm reluctant or maybe I'm just delaying, I want to do it. Where am I running? Maybe another question is, am I taking time to learn His will each day? Am I taking the time to, to spend, you know, sit, sit with God through prayer and, and reading the Bible and learn from Him and grow? Another question may be, am I living with an open hand to God? Am, am I, do I have that Lord willing approach to life. That Lord willing attitude. You know, once, once you make your plans, open your hands. Do I have that? So you can write down one of these if, if that stands out to you. And also you can see there's a few other next steps on your listening guide to engage on a deeper level. And in just a moment, our ushers are going to prepare to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. But as we wrap up today, uh, it's, it's so helpful for us to look at this passage and, and, and remember that our time here is so very brief. You know, eventually... My life will end. Your life will end. You know, we have, we have a good number of college students here, young people, and when you feel young, you just, you know, it just feels like, and I'm graduating later today, I'm getting a master's degree, I just feel like the, the, the future's opened up before me. But eventually, my life will come to an end, and so will yours. And, and, and these, the days and the years of our lives carry on, but the Bible says that eventually, earth will pass away. Not just our lives, but even earth will pass away. In fact, even time itself will come to an end. Time will, will pass away. But those who have entrusted themselves completely to Jesus as Lord will not pass away. We will go on. And so, we were built for eternity. We, we were made for that. We were made to live with God forever. And that just means that right here, right now, we have to build into the things that are going to last. 
there's so many things that we can we can focus on and, and be consumed with. There's there's so many things that seem important right now. There's people, you know, you, you chase the fads and the fashions and the cars and the upgrading and, and the new house and the job and the career and the great place to be and vacation and the experiences and all this. We're chasing all of this seems so important. We're chasing it around. This is what our culture does, especially in the United States. We're we're chasing after this. But none of that stuff is gonna last. We have the opportunity right now to live for God in the present. To make the most of the opportunities that he gives us. There was a man who lived in the 700s, a very long time ago. His name was St. Boniface. And he was a man, he was an incredible man with, with fantastic courage. And he played a major role in, in bringing Christianity to Germania, the nation of Germania. It was this one in the 700s. And he frequently put himself in harm's way. He nearly got speared and, and, and sorted. And he, he, was, he was a pretty courageous man, he, constantly putting himself in harm's way, buying up opportunities to make the name of God great in his country. And he escaped death during his life at least once, but eventually he was killed by bandits, uh, some of the very people that he prayed for and labored for. But one of the things he said, you know, at some point before he died, he made this statement, and he said, I know I shall die. And I shall die on time. Therefore, I must make the most of the moments between here and there. So you can ask yourself, what do I need to do today to obey God? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word and for for this timely message uh, from the book of James. Thank you for the perspective that it gives. It just kind of focuses us on eternity. There's so much that we chase. There's so many trappings that we get consumed with. But Lord, help us to make the most of the time that you've given us right now. Help us to live situationally. Every conversation we have, every, every situation we're in, every stress we face, would, would we turn to you? Would, would we respond to you, Lord, and obey what you have asked us to do and respond in your way? Pray that you give us the courage to, to take that step forward. Even in this moment, I, I believe that you're speaking to, to each person here. There, there, you, you, you walk with us, you speak to us, and you move us forward. And so I pray that the, you know, all of us here would, would take courage to make that step forward in obedience to you, Lord. Thank you for your help that you provide. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.